Who are the top five defensive players for the Dallas Cowboys heading into the 2023 season? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we talked about your top five offensive players on yesterday's podcast. Please go check it out. Today, we're talking about your top five defensive players. Uh, did you get any criticism for your list yesterday? I mostly tried to stay off Twitter. I mostly I did go to the YouTube comments and and and, and just to see if there was some confusion. I think there was a little bit uh, a one person who was a little upset that I didn't include Dak on the list, and I had to remind him, hey, that uh, this was Dak was, was not eligible for this yes. list. And and I, I will again remind everyone that the the five that I picked in the original Cowboys top five are ineligible here. So. No Micah Parsons, no Stephon Gilmore on this uh, remaining five top five uh, defensive defenders list. That doesn't mean that there's not talent because I cannot wait to dive into this list, Landon, because, again, there is some really good players that are going to be left off. So let's jump right into your number five player for the Cowboys on defense going into the season is? My number five player going into the season is Malik Hooker. Um, mm, okay. I think there has been some discussion that, that, uh, you know, about these, there's been a lot of talk about these three safeties. And, um, I think that as, as you know, we've, we've been talking about trying to re-sign Donovan Wilson in the off season. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the J Ron curse, uh, uh, role and, and his position. I think that sometimes Malik Hooker is the kind of forgotten guy yeah. of this trio. And, and to be fair, I think he shouldn't be forgotten. I think he may be the most talented of the three. Um, he is a guy who you know came into the league with by far the most pedigree, um, and then you know had had kind of some injury issues that continued, and he had some of that in college as well. He was obviously we've talked about one of my favorite all time safety prospects coming mm-hmm. out from Ohio State, just a super immensely talented player struggled in Indy with injuries kind of I mean, he played some good football early on and then got injured and kind of struggled to regain form it feels like last year was Malik Hooker fully realized right mm-hmm. like he's healthy he played a full season he played I think close to a thousand snaps last year uh was good in coverage uh, good against the run just a very solid all-around free safety um, and, 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 and it's a position that doesn't quite get the same sort of um, high profile regard that it, it may have in previous years with uh, the prevalence of single high safety and, 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 you know, the kind of Earl Thomas types in the league. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, his play last year really allowed players in front of him to play free. Uh, and to and to you know make plays while he kind of continued to uh, co- uh, provide a safe cover behind them. Uh, I think Malik Hooker had a really good season last year, and, and I think it's time he got a little bit of his due. Yeah, I think he's an awesome player, and he he might not be the best safety on the roster, 
but I think he's the hardest to replace, right? Like they just don't yeah. have another free safety on this team that can do the things that he can uh, do in coverage. So I, I've got no problem with it here. I, I also want to knock on wood a little bit with his health, right? Like yeah, sure. he's played a lot of games over the last two years and you're hoping like the more he plays, the more tolerance he can kind of build up from injuries, right? Like if you're missing time, it's really hard to like withstand the bumps and bruises of the NFL if you're not used to playing. But well, hopefully with Malik Hooker, we're past the injury woes because he's still a fairly young player. I, I don't have yep. his age in front of me right now, but he's probably 27. I think he's 27. Yeah. Yeah. 27, 28 years old. Man, what a, what a, what a fun player. And I'm glad that the Cowboys were able to bring him back on a nice deal uh, and that he's part of this defense. Just a really good player. Uh, who's number four. Number four is Odigizua. Uh, Oso Odigizua. Here's the thing. I, I think, again, I want to remind everyone that this is about where we think the players are right now, right? And I think Osa is ready for another big step. After the last two years, he came in, played really good football for a rookie playing defensive tackle. I thought he had a nice year last year. He was asked to play a ton of snaps because the Cowboys just didn't have anyone else who was uh, that type of three technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, until later in the season when you saw a little bit of Golson kind of getting an opportunity to play more there with and playing well. So he ended up playing just a ton of snaps, and I think by the end of the year just was probably exhausted after after all the snaps he was playing. More now, um, for sure. Yeah, and, and then after the injuries, you know, at other defensive tackle spots, you know, he, that just meant that he had to play more, honestly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that there has been some kind of cobbling together with his backup, you know, as we've talked about by reducing down some defensive ends to the, the under tackle spot to kind of give him some snaps. But I think all of those snaps these last few years and the opportunity to kind of uh, you know, reflect on that and grow some more, usually year three is is kind of where you see these guys start to take a, a big jump, jump. So I expect Osa to kind of take another step forward. And, and I think that he played really, really well last year. <laughs> Uh, and it was kind of tough to see just because he wasn't surrounded by a ton of talent at different points at defensive tackle, and and, and he kind of had to take on ownership of the middle of that defense at the line of scrimmage. I just thought he was so much better even as a pass rusher, as a run defender. He made more splash plays. It seemed like, again, we're not talking about like a Pro Bowl caliber player here or anything, but just a really solid defensive tackle who the Cowboys have kind of been missing for the last couple of years. And now, hopefully with Mozzie Smith, uh, and some of the other additions on the defensive line, like you can get even a little bit more out of yeah. him. But yeah. man, I'm excited about him in year three. I cannot wait to watch him uh, again in this defense. Yeah, and and I do, and I think that that a step is coming, right? And like uh, he he wasn't a Pro Bowler last year, but I, I do think that he you know could take a step that could put him in that conversation this year, especially with yeah. better talent surrounding him and him not having to eat so many double teams as he yes. did uh, at different points last year. Yeah, well, and again, they they brought back Jonathan Hankins. That should help a little bit maybe to, to take off some of the double teams, to take out of the, the nose tackle snaps. Because remember, earlier in the year, they were playing him a lot as like the one or the zero. And that's just – that's too much to ask for him for his body size, you know, type. So he's he's undersized. I mean, as it is, like he's probably a, more of a 290 guy. I mean, he yeah. plays with great strength and yeah. incredible leverage. I mean, we talked about his wrestler background at different points. So, but, I mean, yeah, there's just a certain point when you can, you know, wear a guy out like that. And yep. like we said, they just didn't have anyone else who could kind of – play the way he did i mean they had to cobble it together with other positions basically to kind of get quality play here and that's you know more of an indictment on 
the you know the Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore's, especially now Neville Gallimore of yeah. the world. So the Cowboys still need to kind of find a, a, a better solution here at, at getting more of a rotation to kind of alleviate yeah. things. But I do think having Mozzie Smith here to to kind of be there when Jonathan Hankins is uh, out, I think that will just help that rotation and help draw attention away from him. Uh, just give Osa a, a little bit easier time and better matchups uh, on a week-to-week basis than he faced last year. And if Chauncey Golston can play some more snaps inside, or maybe Junior Fahoku can take some of the three-technique yeah. snaps, just so that you don't have to play Osa 45, 50 snaps a game. Because that's what he was playing early in the year, yeah. and you could see he was wearing down. Keep him in that you know, 30, 35 range, and you're going to get a heck of a player. So uh, let's get to your third-ranked player next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, uh, I am taking the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championship. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. After they completely dominated the Lakers. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. We want to thank you for making LockedOn Cowboys your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we have Trevor Sikamoff from Pro Football Focus to break down all the Cowboys Yay. offseason moves and to discuss uh, what this team looks like going into the 2023 season. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. All right, Landon, who is your number three defensive player heading into the year? Well, number three heading into uh, the season is Leighton Vander Esch. Um, I think that, you know, we had come to kind of be disappointed in, in, in some of the play that Leighton had had post his rookie season, right? Like mm-hmm. it just felt like he, he got injured. When he came back from his injury, uh, it just felt like it was uh, just – not the same player that you saw just, you know, kind of had taken a step down and you felt like we weren't sure that we were going to kind of get a player back on that trajectory again. Um, I think what you saw last year is that he still has that ability to move around and make this defense right. And and there are different points when the linebacker group uh, was a little bit shaky, but he was able to kind of make things right in a way that, that the Cowboys defense really needed he was incredible in coverage, um, and I think he's he, he where you still haven't kind of seen him go back to his rookie year yet is uh, as a run defender. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do think that the addition of having Mozzie Smith come back in and, and, and kind of help plug things up up front is going to allow him to do that a little bit better. Look, we've talked about it like, you know, getting off blocks has never been something that he has uh, been exceptional at. Even nope. in college at Boise State, he was to- told to kind of just rip through and get around things and then just make try to get past the blockers. So uh, I think having another deep, big defensive tackle in the middle to kind of keep him clean will even potentially take his game back up to another level. So uh, it's it, this is really just kind of a conversation <laughs> starting off point to appreciate what Leighton Vander Esch did for the team last year because I think it was a, 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 a really good year for him last year and it was kind of a showing that – he is still a, a very valuable player at the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the idea of kind of keeping him clean on the second level with, with this new defensive tackle, maybe uh, uh, with some of some improved linebacker play around him, I think it's really going to sh- uh, help him kind of take his next step uh, and kind of get back to 
closer to the, mm-hmm. that sort of all-pro trajectory you saw uh, starting his rookie season. I, I don't know if he's one of the top you know, seven or eight or nine players on the Cowboys, but he's going to be one of their most important this year because you mentioned the, the other linebackers around him. While we like a lot of those guys, I mean, is it, there's not a proven name next to him, right? It's Damone no. Clark who played half of a season last year. It's Devin Harper who didn't play at all last year. It's Jabril Cox who's played like 50 career defensive snaps in Overshawn, who is a third round converted safety playing linebacker. Like no. that is your entire linebacking core with Leighton Vanderish. So they need him to play healthy or just to stay healthy and play well because there's just not a lot of other proven commodities on this roster. Yeah, and and I think that that you know, and he's up for it, you know, and I think that that's the kind of thing is that that just shows you exactly you know, how good his season was last year. Is that you know he was basically the only proven linebacker that was under the age of of thirty, <laughs> and so uh, he he you know was able to kind of take on that role of of not only like the leader but like the 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 main driving force at the second yep. level uh, outside of of Curse. So. Uh, yeah, I think that it shows you just you know how far Leighton Vander Esch has kind of come back from uh, you know a, a kind of yeah. disappointing sophomore season. So just looking at your list right now, we've got Malik Hooker at five, we've got Oso Digizua at four, we got Leighton Vander Esch at three. I kind of made like a little list here of some of the names that I would consider. The, your shadow, yeah. your shadow team, kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. There's some good players that I, I know for sure aren't going to be on this list, and we'll have to talk about them in a little bit. But I got That's a feeling right. I know who is at number two. Uh, can you give us the name, Landon? Yeah, I mean, shout out to our buddy John Owning because, of course, number two is going to be Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. Um, look, I, I just think that you know, uh, let's just let's 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 not talk about the player for a second. Let's just talk about the fact that this guy was willing to take. A, a contract renegotiation to help his team get better free agencies to surround mm-hmm. himself. And then he goes out and plays maybe his best season in like, yeah. you know, two or three years. So uh, Demarcus Lawrence still is a dominant, dominant force when he's allowed to kind of play a reasonable snap count. And, uh, uh, you know, it, I guess, you know, we talked about, we talked about this with, with cooks, with Gilmore, with, with some of these folks, when you get these veterans who have been like the man at their position for most of their career, they get a little bit advanced in age, and then you put them in a situation where they're not re- they're not required to be the man anymore. That you know that there's there's another guy who can kind of take the top end, can take all mm-hmm. the focus, and now suddenly you're lining up the Gilmore's, Brandon Cooks, and uh, Demarcus Lawrence's of the world against the second best offensive tackle or defender or whatever, right? That is where you get those kind of really great results. You got a guy who's experienced, who's going against someone who's less talented with him. He's getting less attention. Uh, And I think you saw that kind of play out with Demarcus Lawrence. When he was on the field, he was dominating folks, especially in the run game. Like he may be the best run defender, maybe in football. Uh, Yeah. Um, And and I think that you compare, you you combine that with the fact that he's going to get you somewhere between six to eight uh, sacks, somewhere between 35 to 40 pressures. Uh, I think that that's that's the kind of thing you need from a defensive end who is not necessarily your 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 main sack artist at this point. Um, he's just another uh, force on the defensive line that is going to wreck a game plan. Um, 
And Lawrence, you know, was 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 uh, was a playmaker, was a splash creator. I mean, it's not even yeah. just the sacks and the, the runs. He forced fumbles, he recovered them. He just made plays. I mean, he's always been a guy that has been clutch. And when you needed him to, uh, when he needed a big play, Demarcus Lawrence for yeah. for I mean, since his rookie year when he punched <laughs> out a, a fumble in the playoffs against the Lions, yeah, you knew that he was going to be able to produce a play when you really really needed. The other thing that I would say about him is it just seems like. When he gets a matchup where he's clearly the better guy, he takes advantage of it. I, I remember last year, the I think it was the Monday night game against the Giants. He was going up against Evan Neal, the, the rookie right oh, tackle yeah. for the Giants, and just destroyed him. I mean, just mm-hmm. absolutely destroyed him to the point where the Giants couldn't do anything on offense. And it's not very often that he gets super favorable matchups like that, partly because seems like the NFC has a lot of really good right tackles, and that's just yeah. where he lines up. At. But that's those are the kind of games where it's like, yeah, let's not forget why why this guy was one of the highest paid defensive ends in the league just a few years ago. Why he's, I think, fourth or fifth all time right now in Cowboy sacks uh, in franchise history. Just an awesome, awesome player. And now I'm, I, I know we didn't mention some guys like Sam Williams and Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler, but with those guys all playing well, it it allows Demarcus Lawrence to be even more rested to help him get through the season. Yeah. I, I expect him to have another really good season. I do too. Yeah, I mean, I think they've done everything they need to do to kind of protect him so that he's not, you know, in years past there was times when he was the. <laughs> You had to have him on every single snap, yep. you know, like was, you had yep. to have him on the field. You just, you, and when you didn't, the defense was lost. So uh, I think the fact that the Cowboys are in a situation now where they can judiciously deploy him as yep. needed. And, and when he's not on the field, you've got a, a veteran pass rusher who also is good for five or six sacks a season or a very strong up and coming uh, young yep. player who you know, is probably the heir apparent at the position yeah. in a couple of years. So uh, the Cowboys are in a good situation to really give DeMarcus Lawrence the best opportunity to put his best foot forward. Again, knocking on wood, but outside of the broken foot that he had in 2021, he's been on the field a lot. Like, just look at 2017, 16 games, 18, 16, 19, 16, 2016, 21, 7. And then he started and played all 17 games last season. Like, it's been a knock on him in the past, but I think he's figured out a way uh, to get past some of the back injury stuff that he had early in his career and, you know, stay on the field for the most part. And if and if I'm not mistaken, he, he actually was kind of going through a foot thing last year. A yeah, little was bit. able like, to play uh, through it. Yeah, it was able to play through it. And I think that has everything to do with the fact that, you know, they had guys to deploy whenever he needed to take the yeah. time off to you know, yes. make the foot feel right. So yes. that kind of management of him, uh, you know, and look, that's that's a smart play by a veteran uh, defensive. Yeah. He, he gave up a little bit of money, but he understood that what by doing that, the Cowboys were able to give him some help so that he could extend his career and actually right. play longer. So. Uh, it was a good win for both te- both sides. He's going to end up being one of these guys that plays like 12 to 13 years, all with the same team, which is just unheard of in today's NFL. Uh, Landon, let's talk about your number one ranked player, not named Micah Parsons or Stephon Gilmore, next. All right, just to recap Landon's top five players, we've got Malik Hooker, we've got Oso Digizua at four, we've got Leighton Van Der Esch at three, at number two, we've got Demarcus Lawrence, and then obviously... Uh, the top guys, Micah Parsons, Stephon Gilmore off the board. Before you reveal number one, who I think everybody knows who it's going to be, 
I got to say, I'm kind of surprised that Donovan Wilson or J. Ron Kirst didn't make this list. Yeah, honestly, I think they were, you know, all the way up into the end. I, I was trying to debate whether or not Hooker or Curse or Wilson would be on this list. I, I think for me, it's – I think Donovan Wilson is, plays uh, – his position incredibly well. I think both of these guys are given very specialized positions, which yes. really help accentuate what they do well. Yes. I think Malik Hooker to me is a guy who could play any of those positions yeah. as well as what he no. does as well. And I think that's why I put him there. I will say, I think I would have had Donovan Wilson on the list just because he gives them some energy on defense sure. and he's kind of the igniter on defense for them. But He's also a little bit more high variance than some yeah. of the other safeties, right? He's going to miss the occasional tackle and the occasional coverage assignment, but I do value his playmaking quite a bit. So with Absolutely. that being said, and also no Duran Bland, what a hater. Uh, <laughs> at, at number one, Landon, you have? Well, to be fair here, like when we mentioned Stefan Gilmore as my number five, uh, top five, I really, really kind of wanted it to just it number five to be a shared spot between Stefan Gilmore yeah. and obviously Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Uh, Trayvon Diggs being the number one player here. Because uh, to me, it's not necessarily that Gilmore is better than Diggs. It's that I think they're kind of at very similar stages of their career, just in headed in different directions, you know, and, and, and Gilmore is not falling off a cliff or anything like that. I think he's, his, his career is mostly plateaued as, as he's reached yeah. his uh, advanced age. I think it's just Diggs is playing better and better football as the years have gone on. Obviously, you know, he had, uh, a, you know, 10 plus interceptions a few, just a few years ago, didn't quite have that same ta- ta- uh, count last year, but I think he played better football last Who's year. Who's better snap did. to snap without a doubt. There's no way you can argue that. And, and I just think that the coverage, you raise the floor on the coverage while still remaining uh, to be an interception threat. I think the the fact that he has those interceptions in his career is still something that quarterbacks have to think about when throwing his way and that they always will have to think about when throwing his way. Um, I just think that his overall game improved in ways – uh, that it needed to, and that he needed to kind of take a step back. His his stickiness in coverage, uh, you know, he's not taking as many risks, and when he is taking risks, they're a little bit more calculated. Uh, so I, I think Trayvon Diggs is still one of the top players in this league, and I think he's really dangerous to throw the football at. Uh, adding Stefan Gilmore to the other side is probably going to make things only more yeah. uh, uh, dangerous for, for quarterbacks because they don't really have good answers. And now you're going to be forced to kind of throw that direction a little bit more than you probably would have previously, which again may drive the more interceptions back his way. So um, I think, you know, for me, it, I could have easily put uh, Gilmore. Uh, I'm sorry. I could have easily put Diggs as the number five overall guy and then put Gilmore here. I think it's probably pretty interchangeable at this point. Um, but I think with Diggs, you know, this is a guy that kind of is the straw that stirs the drink in the pass defense on the back end. You know, like it's uh, even for the pass rush. I mean, I think Micah Parsons is obviously Micah Parsons, but mm-hmm. when, when Parsons isn't on the field and, 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 and they're still getting interceptions and sacks, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are quarterbacks who are, a little bit hesitant to throw the ball yeah. on the left side because, because uh, uh, yep. you know, there's a number uh, seven over there kind of you know, watching and waiting for him to throw the football. So the, all it takes is a quarterback to look over there, see seven, looking at him, double clutch the football a little bit, try to look to the other side, and then suddenly Demarcus Lawrence is coming late in the, in the snap to sack you. So 
Uh, I think it, it, Diggs has proven his worth. Yep. And I think that last year he proved his worth even further by uh, by by being more nuanced with 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 harder to kind of identify play yep. that um, that actually in in the long run resulted in better overall coverage and, and him becoming a better overall corner. I won't be surprised if this is Trevon Diggs' best year of his career coming up for a lot of different yeah. reasons. It's a third year in Dan Quinn's defense, right? Uh, it's his. Uh, I think this is his sixth year playing cornerback, right? Because he yeah. only played two years at Alabama. This will be his. Uh, fourth year in the NFL. The pass rush should be absolutely ridiculous with Micah Parsons and all the other guys up front. And now you've got a veteran like Stephon Gilmore that he can lean on and he can learn in the classroom with. And the fact is, I don't think teams are going to throw on Gilmore all that often. So Diggs is going to get plenty of chances. And if he can contain, if he can remain consistent like he was last year and pick off six passes, which I don't think is unrealistic for him at all. You're talking about another all-pro season coming up. So, again, I will not be surprised if this is the best year we ever see Diggs play. Yeah, and and look, I mean, they are trying to funnel things his direction. The Cowboys want you to throw the football at Diggs yes. because they know that it, the ball, when it's coming his way, is a 50-50 ball between the Diggs yep. and the receivers. So it's it's uh, by shutting off other avenues, <laughs> by shutting off the, the – hey, you don't you don't have the chance to wait late in the snap because our pass rush is coming. Hey, you don't have the opportunity to throw it to the other side of the field because Stephon Gilmore is over there. Yep. I, I think it shows you that, hey, they're, they're trying to get you to throw that ball well, at Diggs so they can get the opportunities to take the ball away. The other thing we saw in the second half of the year last year is the Cowboys just had no cornerbacks, right? So it was yeah. you're going to throw at Diggs or would you rather throw at Mackenzie Alexander or Trayvon Mullen or Xavier Rhodes or whoever. <laughs> right. I mean, whoever else was out there on that side now – with at least you have Gilmore, probably Deron Bland and Jordan yeah. Lewis competing for s- slot snaps, you just have way more depth, and defenses aren't going to have an easy tar- or uh, excuse me, offenses aren't going to have an easy target to throw to every single time. So again, I expect a career year for Trevon Diggs. So Landon, good job on your list. We won't make uh-huh, you we'll do see. one of these again for a while. Uh, but everybody, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first uh, listen of the day. Again, tomorrow on the show, Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus will be here talking about the Cowboys offseason. Make sure you guys tune in for that. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.